the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to episode 101. This is the uh, first episode. Uh, I would suppose that you could call it in the second season, um, but we'll just like like Joe Rogan, we'll just keep going with the numbers. I'm trying to catch him up, but I think he's in the uh, two or three thousands at the moment. So I think I'd have to be doing at least two or three podcasts a day. Um, my full-time job would become podcasting, but I'm sure for a lot of you listening to this, you'd love to listen to them. I'm just not too sure whether you have two or three hours a day just to listen to uh, me chirp on. But uh, I actually spoke to quite a few of you who who have listened to a, all 100 of the podcasts. So um, I hope I didn't bore you too much on those. I hope I kept it entertaining, especially with all the guests. Uh, and we'll definitely look at continuing to do that uh, as we go forward. We've got a few interesting podcasts coming up. Uh, this one, um, I thought what better way to kick off kind of the second season of this podcast than to get Scott Cutter, who was our first um, guest on the podcast uh, at episode one, back on and get an update from him. If you remember, uh, Scott um, is actually uh, the co-owner of Two Costa Rica Real Estate. Uh, he's been in Costa Rica for over 20 years, works out of the Manuel Antonio area and the Central Southern Pacific, but has his fingers in many pies all throughout uh, the area and also all throughout the country as well. So uh, it's going to be great getting a bit of an update from him, uh, seeing what he's seeing, especially now as we start to see a bit of a turn in the market. Uh, I mean, I personally, from a work point of view, you know, helping people invest in Costa Rica, whether that be finding the right property for them to invest in, uh, or helping them, you know, project manage a lot of the builds. I think we've got about eight builds going on at the moment here in Costa Rica. We've got about another two to come on on board in the next coming months. So uh, it's it's very, very interesting. We're moving very quickly. Um, and, you know, we kind of oversee any, everything there. But I think if anyone wants to get in contact with us, I've said it enough, you can feel free to reach out to us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. I would appreciate a review as well. Uh, I love to read the reviews. It kind of gives me energy to keep going. Uh, so feel free to give it a thumbs up, uh, give us a review, uh, preferably a good one, of course. Um, but anyway, enough about me. Let's get straight into this uh, and let's see what Scott has to say. Good afternoon, Scott. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back. Great to, to be invited back. It's been such a successful series from you. I, I think I started as one of your first guests and uh, I've become a big fan watching the podcast every week. You've had some great collaborators and colleagues and people I certainly admire and work with. And so I appreciate the opportunity to come back and chat with you. Not at all. When I was thinking about who I was going to have on the, what, the the first episode, 101, I was like, well, I think it's only 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 right that I take the first podcast that I had and the guests, which was you, Scott, and get you back on it. So uh, I know people love to listen to you. Uh, and I think you have a very unique perspective of the, definitely the market and also kind of a global and national market as well. So it's going to be interesting. Well, looking forward to chat with you. My wife and kids would argue that I'm nice to listen to. So at least at least somebody, maybe <laughs> one of your listeners will, will help boost my ego again. So I appreciate that. No worries. Well, Scott, I, I think kind of the, I wouldn't say the elephant in the room, but I suppose is that like, you know, there's, a, there's the global slowdown happening at the moment. Um, you know, I think U.S. stocks are down around about, you know, 30, 40 percent. Interest rates are starting to rise pretty drastically around the world. But I mean, what are you seeing on your side at the moment? You know, it's typical here. We talk to a lot of our clients about the fact that Costa Rica tends to lag behind the United States. Yep. Um, you know, they get a cold there. We're starting to get the sniffles here. So right now, uh, to be honest with you, I think you and anybody you're talking to in the real estate world in Costa Rica, 
it's still gangbusters here right now. We are, we are in a very inventory shy market. There's still a lot of robust sales movement, a lot of interest there. Uh, That being said, I'm having a lot of dialogue with sellers now going, guys, this is not going to last forever. And, and, and anybody that's, that thinks that Costa Rica is going to be immune to some slowdown economically in the States, a little bit less liquidity, less easy money being made in the real estate market there that can be turned into investments here is, is just pulling the covers over their head. So, you know, I, I think we're on, we're in our summer months right now. We've still got a lot of people that made a lot of money in that last upward swing of the stock market, last upward swing in the Costa Rica, in the U.S., and Canadian kind of global real estate market, there was a lot of wealth that was made. And I think we're in a phase right now, Richard, where a lot of the players that knew this was coming probably saw it coming before COVID. I think we probably talked about this maybe in our first podcast was that there was probably going to be an end to this upward, you know, financial and real estate swing in the States. COVID just kind of extended that a little bit. I think there's a lot of money coming to Costa Rica right now that was smart money that saw this coming that is cashing out of gains in the stock market, gains in the real estate market, looking for emerging markets that aren't as volatile. And Costa Rica is one of those places that we don't have the big peaks. We also tend to not have the big valleys. And so right now we're still in that mode of a lot of capital coming here because they see, you know what, my money in the stock market, my money in the US real estate market is not gonna be doing much on on a two to three year cycle. So this is a great time to come and invest in a place that didn't have the big peaks in the United States. We have a lot of absorption. We've seen some appreciation here, but it's not the 30, 40% appreciation you saw in a lot of primary US markets. So, you know, to try to be concise, right now it's still very robust. We have a lot of demand here right now. We have a very limited supply chain, but I do think that that we're, we're going to start to see that dwindle as the average investor, that kind of mid-level person that, that may have been pulling some cheap financing out that was thinking about doing investment might be a little bit scared. Now, anybody but the most bullish are going to start to be conservative about all their investments because of what's going on in the stock and the real estate market in the States. Well, I, I think that's a really a great summary is that, again, you know, when they, got a, when they get the cold up in the US, we start to get the snivels down here. So it's going to take a while to trickle down here. I mean, I think we'll, we will probably start to see it or we've already started to see it slowly here. And that's only going to probably accelerate, you know, uh, as that hits the US. But I mean, one thing, you know, that I think that could combat that or that could, you know, have a positive aspect is a lot of people are looking to move out of their current country. A lot of people, I, I'm getting the sense and I have no data to back this up, but everyone I speak to is saying there are more people relocating to Costa Rica now than ever before. People are tired of the political situations. They're tired of just everything going on globally. And, you know, Costa Rica is a very liberal country, um, you know, that's a very where our food is fresh. People just do what it is that like they want it. They can be themselves, um, you know, and a lot of people and it has great education. So a lot of people look at that and go, wow, maybe I should think about moving abroad. And Costa Rica's always in their top five. Well, there's no doubt. I, you know, one of the things that's come out of COVID um, is that <clears throat> Costa Rica has done an amazing job branding itself, you know, over the last 20 years. No artificial yep. ingredients, peace happiness, stability, the important things of life, family, longevity, sustainability in every sense of the world. And Costa Rica is far from a perfect place. Those of it have been here know and are real upfront about the fact that this isn't perfect, perfect world. But the brand got stronger you know, and, 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 and COVID yep. made the world wake up about what's important, where you live, how you live, you know, the happiness you have. And, and there's certainly 
a lot of wealthy misery around the globe right now. COVID brought a lot of that to the surface. And I think Costa Rica's national branding of itself globally uh, is really going to pay dividends. And I don't think about just the next year or two. I think in the next 20 years, we're going to see a lot of dividends being, being paid. You, know, you, you said, I don't have any data to pass this up, but I see a lot of people looking to move here. First, that makes what most realtors do is make, make statements with no data to back it up, <laughs> unfortunately. But I think the reality is we are seeing more and more people coming here. I think that we've also seen a scenario where the first rain, the first like wave of Costa Rican real estate development, you know, <clears throat> with any kind of volume was really the, the 90s and early 2000s and really probably 2000 to 2007. And people were investing just to invest. I mean, so much of the money that was coming in was all about, you can double your money, you can triple your money. These are the returns. This current wave of investment certainly has an investment twinge to it. People are making good investments here. They see they can make money here, but it's very different than the first you know, seven to 10 year wave that I experienced, which was all about how much money we were telling people, if you don't double your money every two or three years, you're greedy or you're stupid. It was, it was yep. that fast. And a lot of people were investing despite not wanting to live here, despite not wanting this to be primary, despite the fact that it was this imperfect up and coming destination, because the market was just so fast. It, it, it was like people throwing money at the stock market or getting into Bitcoin when it was on a, on a big upward swing. Now, the type of investment coming here is much more le legacy-oriented, family-oriented, use-oriented, and use-oriented. And, and certainly, there's big, there's big groups of people moving here for full lifestyle change or buying, thinking about eventually retiring here. Yep. But even the people that aren't going to retire here, there are people that are saying, this is a place that allows me to create memories with family, use as a business thing. It's going to be a part of my legacy portfolio. And they're happy that it makes returns. They're happy that it seems to be on a, an appreciating trajectory, but they're also not going, I want to sell next year, or I'm looking to get out of it in two years. They're looking at, let me add this into my portfolio of family wealth, into my legacy stuff. And, and I'm on a 10 to 20 year cycle. And it's one of the reasons why I think that we're not, we're going to have a really sustainable track here. Cause I think because so many buyers got burned in the last peak and then kind of plateau of Costa Rican values here, here, at least good realtors are selling with, with just what the honest truth is, which is this is a wonderful place to be. You can usually make good or sustainable money renting if you need to. And we're going to keep chugging along. And next year, don't expect your property to be worth twice what much as what it is today. It might be if we keep going this way, but, yep. but people are buying for that. And so that kind of end user legacy mentality, I think fits into what you're saying. And there are people really buying into Costa Rica's brand and what it offers people in terms of quality of life, uh, long-term investment, friends, family, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, you know, I always say to Costa Rica, I, I, to people, anyone investing here is I'm like, it's a lifestyle investment that you're making here. You know, you'll make some returns, don't expect craziness because of the access to finance is not as easy here. We don't see these ups and downs, but that's what makes Costa Rica such a great kind of wealth diversification play, especially outside of the US. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's solid, you know. And we're, and we're seeing that. I think one of the things we are having to educate, we're doing a lot more education of people now because so much is tied to the interest rates in the States and people watch that 
when, it, yep. you know, when you could get funding at zero or a half a point during COVID, everyone was buying real estate in destination markets and values were up 30, 40, 50%. You know, I was, I was in the market to try to get a home in Colorado and I'm a realtor. I, could, I can't stomach it. Values are yeah. up 50, 60% from where they were a year or two ago. Um, and one of the things we spend a lot of time educa educating people about uh, and, and good realtors should be doing it good and bad. A is making sure people think that that speed of appreciation isn't necessarily transferable here. So don't buy if you think this is, is the same thing is going to happen here as happened in, in Vail or in Steamboat Springs during COVID time or in Houston or in Phoenix or in one of these other destination markets. It tends to trek up with a lot more kind of tortoise and nail steady pace. But we also let people know that they shouldn't be coming to Costa Rica thinking they're going to steal property because things slow down because we don't have that crisis mode. It's mostly a cash market. We have really low, uh, you know, sustainable holding costs. And even if you're not renting, the holding costs compared to the states with insurance and property taxes are so low. So when markets slow, people tend to go, okay, I'll just keep it here. And again, we don't have the peaks. We tend not to have the big valleys. The biggest issue and probably the biggest thing that's favoring Costa Rica being, being sustainable right now, I think is twofold. One, because we didn't have the big peak in, in surge in values, big surges in absorption. The absorption this year in Costa Rica is off the charts, but pricing isn't going astronomically through the roof yet. And when you look at Costa Rica compared to other global, you know, destination markets, Costa Rica is still a value. And, you know, and some of us that were here, something I talk about a lot, Richard, is, you know, if you were here in 96, people go, oh, yeah, it's expensive now. But yeah, it's not dirt cheap anymore, but the product, the caliber the experience the kind of tourism coming that, you know, your experience, the tourism, the dollars that tourists are willing to pay and come expander, they command a higher price. So yes, you could have bought real estate for dirt cheap here in the mid nineties, but backpackers were coming, looking to pay you $3 a night to sleep in your place. So it was corollary. Now, yes, homes are more expensive, but when you look around Costa Rica, with the exception of a couple of, you know, really unique micro markets, top end luxury here is still two, three million bucks. You know, which is nothing compared which is to North nothing America. In the global scale nothing. of things. So yes, in the four seasons, there's a $10 million house. Yes, there's an estate property beachfront in Santa Teresa that goes at $15 million. But in general, when I go to global real estate forums and they say, Scott, we want you to present on Costa Rica, but the minimum price point to present on our platform is $3.5 million. Half the time I'm going, damn it, shit. What am I going to present? Yeah, <laughs> because most of the luxury project here still is a real value proposition globally. And I think that's a really big benefit for Costa Rica. I think sometimes talking to old school experienced people here, they go, they get, they're, they're blinded by their experience because we're at the highest prices we've ever been. And if you've been here for 20 years and remember land was $50,000 instead of $500,000, it seems like, wow, we're at a roof point. But then you look at the you know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, then you look at the caliber of people coming into Costa Rica now and investing now. They have higher demands, higher expectations for infrastructure, amenities, lifestyle amenities. But for those buyers, it's still an infant market compared to places they're used to going in the panhandle of Florida, in, in Hawaii, in California, in the Caribbean. And, and it really takes people to have the right perspective and understand that we're just going into this adulthood phase, in my opinion. Um, and I use that analogy a lot. You know, when I got here, Costa Rica was an infant and it was gorgeous and totally imperfect, just like an infant. 
cried, I had to feed it and change his diapers, but he didn't care because it was just so gorgeous and untouched and raw. And then we went through kind of a teenage phase where some people that ah, send that kid off to boarding school, it's, it's yep. a nightmare. We're moving into an adult phase. And it, you know, when I look around, I had a client that, that was a very wealthy client making you know, big investments here, seven figure investments totally in Costa Rica. And, and he said, Scott, what do you think? And I said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go to dinner tonight. And I want you to come back tomorrow. And I want you to tell me what you think about there. I want you to tell me about the people you saw at the dinner. And he went to a restaurant. He came back. I said, just tell me about, tell me about the families. you Tell me about who you saw. And it was no longer the European in hiking boots and a machete or the surfer yep. dude. It's dad in Tommy Bahama gear and mom in sundress, kids in their polos, taking selfies. It's upper income world wealth that's now made Costa Rica their home place. And for those investors, our upper end luxury market is still an incredible value. And I think that's a really important uh, takeaway. I share that with my agents and a lot of my clients. We've still got so much growth left here. Agree. A hundred percent. And I mean, even just looking at the cost of construction here comparatively, you know, to the rest of the world. I mean, it's, it's very inexpensive here. Very, very inexpensive. And I just pulled back. I was getting ready to build a spec home and I stopped because it was too expensive. And it was, it's funny because I say these things to you and sometimes we get blind to our own advice Yeah. because I knew I could build at 80 bucks a foot or a hundred bucks a yep. foot a couple of years ago. I can't stomach building at 150 when my buddies in the States are going, it's got to cost me 350 and that's for cheap middle end, middle mid-level construction. And so that perspective of where we come from and where we're going is really important to keep in mind for us as professionals here and certainly for our clients as well to know where we are on that growth spectrum. What do you think are going to be the products that are always going to sell, Scott? I mean, if anyone's listening to this, looking to invest in something or to build something, what do you think is the thing that's always going to sell? Like, Always. Well, I, I think it's changing, but I think what what with this new wave of buyers and what I you know I, I think almost kind of like a new culture of buyers coming to Costa Rica. I think there's very little doubt that resort communities. I think that finished U.S. quality or international quality homes in existing destinations where they're they're highly amenitized there are activities to do there's infrastructure there's services i think that those anchors are are more secure now than ever before so when you look yep. at places that you might think as you know we had we had this time where everyone defined the next manuel antonio the next tamarindo the next santa teresa and i think i think that's it's it's gonna happen there will be areas that ebb and flow but i think that there's a reason why these areas are so popular. And, and, and as, the, as, the, as the, the next generation of people come, they're coming for the same reason some old timers are leaving. So I got buddies that have been here since the late eighties. Ah, it's so busy. Ah, it's so yep. this, oh, there's so many people. And then I got people coming in going, wow, I was here 20 years ago, it's so nice now. There's so many people, there's so many diversity of activities that I can, I can feel like I'm not just by myself. And, and I think that, you know, really looking at the core supply and demand dynamic, if you want to know what's always going to work. Well, the places that everyone wants to always go and be because they're Costa Rica, they're authentic, they're beautiful, they offer gorgeous amenities, gorgeous service, and it's going to be different. There's not a magic yep. scenario. Obviously, I'm, I live in Manuel Antonio, so for, for, for me, this place offers that really unique blend of jungle 
local, a real local community with all yep. its rough around the edges reality, but now marinas and real luxury money. And I love that duality. There are other people, and I've got, you know, with our offices up in Guanacaste and Tamarindo, Plaza del Coco, that really want resort living. And, and yeah. they want that. And you seeing places like Conchal and like Pinilla and, and like Pacifico that are finding incredible traction now because people that are coming to Costa Rica now for the first time that don't want to be down the dirt road, that don't want a mix of local and foreign. They, they want and have earned that, so that resort feel. So I, I think when you ask about what's always going to sell is don't try to outsmart the world. There's a yep. reason supply and demand works. There's a reason why these areas are the number one tourist destination or they're the number one development destination. It's because if you ask 100 people, 85 of them are going to go, I want to do that. And if yep. you want to be the person that's trying to be on the cutting edge hitting home runs, well, you're going to have to go take some risks. But if you want to ask me where you can come to Costa Rica and you can pay what today seems to be like a high price and maybe an old timer might go, I can't believe you're paying that. Pay it. Because in 15 years, there's going to be a thousand more people that want it. And today's incredibly high pricing is going to be the next decade's visionaries that came here before it was polished. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, I mean, as the industry, I mean, you mentioned it there as the, you know, and I'll just use some data here because I remember back in 2005, our average, you know, sale in uh, vacation sales was about $2,200. Today, it's close to $8,000. So that gives you an idea of just the type of client coming and their vacation's not longer. It's exactly the same. They're just spending four times the amount, you yeah. know. So as the person coming here, as the destination matures, the person coming here, I wouldn't say matures, but I think it matures in the type of traveler coming here as well, which means that what they're looking for is for that, that, that type of product that is a bit of a mature product in an area that has all those amenities, you know. So you only have to look at other destinations and go, where have they gone to really figure out of where Costa Rica is going? And like, when people are like, wow, you really think I can get 500 bucks a night for that? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that hotel over there is getting 1500 bucks a night. You know, I mean, people can't believe somehow that like there are hotels in Aranau in the volcano getting in close to $2,000 a night, you know, and they're just blow, it just blows their mind because Costa Rica is still a young destination it's maturing but it's still young when it comes to like go to hawaii and figure out how much the how much their vacation rental rates are and their hotel rates are it's it's, it's crazy and again it goes back to that same kind of thing i was talking about before you talk about it, maturing we're yep. we're a maturing market we're not anywhere near a fully mature destination no. market in terms of where we can be i'm going to go i gotta go up to la to do some stuff with my family and you you stay in a three-star hotel for 250 300 bucks a night you want to yep. stay in anything luxury and it's not even that luxurious. It's a thousand dollars a night to stay in a five-star yeah. hotel in Beverly Hills or in LA or in Santa Monica in a regular season. And so I think that it's just that, that maturity question is, is it, and, and perspective is an important one. And I also, and I think that you just have to remember that's again, you have to remember looking to people that are veterans here can give you great perspective and can also give you myopic perspective. And yes. so you have to look at, and it's something those of us that have been here for a long time, we have to constantly challenge ourselves on or is, is this the best restaurant? Because I've been going here for 17 years and they know what I like and they give me my favorite drink and a little bit larger glass. Or are there 15 new restaurants that I haven't gone to just because muscle memory and, and that's to do with food, but that's to do with real estate destinations in general. And you have to kind of sometimes step out of the forest, you know, 
stop looking at the trees and look at the forest yep. and realize that Costa Rica still has, A, I think has a lot of maturation left to do. Again, there, there's issues and infrastructure and things that need to continue to improve so that Costa Rica can blossom. And you, you start to see it. I drove up to Guanacaste a couple of weeks ago with my daughter on her 15th birthday, and there was ridiculous traffic jams coming in out of Punta Arenas to get there. And my wife was like, Scott, aren't you going to lose your head? Because I normally would. Uh, after living at the beach for 25 years. And I was like, you know what? This traffic jam doesn't bother me because they're taking a two-lane road and making it a four-lane road. And yes, Correct. it's retardedly inefficient the way they're doing yep. it. Yes, we could build it 75 times faster in the States and 100 million times faster if we were in Asia. But it means there's going to be four lanes. And it means that we're moving in that right direction. So it's it's some of those growing pains, just like you deal when you're a dad. So you know, you deal with your yep. kids, you're like, God, I just want to, I just yeah. want to. And then you, you know what? <laughs> This is good. This is good rebellion. It's good growing pains. It's good opening the wings. And th that's happened a lot all around Costa Rica right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a, that's a good piece of advice. I mean, listening to people that have been here uh, a long time, I think it's going to give you a unique perspective, but you need to understand of where that perspective is coming from. And I always tell people that I work with of like, look, there is bias in everything I say, guys. So you need to understand that and where that bias is coming from. So you need to apply your knowledge and everything else you've taken on with the knowledge of you know, people like us and then make a, an informed decision. We can only give you that perspective potentially, you know, but you I'll, need I'll to make you a great example. I was, I was up at Conchal and I got yep. a dear buddy of mine that came down, has done well for himself, lives in Utah. And we were in a, a house on the golf course. And I, I had, I had a, a old time buddy of mine that's lived here, done real estate for years. And then my, my buddy was just down visiting. And I go, I got the lot two doors down from this house listed. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, 650 grand. And at the same moment, my longtime real estate buddy goes, God, that's expensive. And my buddy from Utah goes, wow, that's a great deal. And they, they're literally, their voices clashed in midair. Yep. And it made me look, I slipped at my wife and said, this is the reality of Costa Rica right now. They're both right. And yep. one of the things that you should do as an investor and as a realtor here is, is we should share our insight, share our opinion, share what we thought. And then we should also sit down. And it's like I did with my client. I said, it was, it was, it was as much, it was, I was hoping it worked out for the sale because I'm, I'm in real estate sales, but it was as much a, a sociological experiment for me to say, you know what, instead of me telling him what's going to happen in the market, let me get his unbiased perspective on where he thinks it could go and listen and learn from our clients because, you know, paradigm and perspective is really important in an evolutionary market. Definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, what properties do you have in your portfolio at the moment, Scott, beyond the one, of course, on the golf course that you just talked about that are exciting that you personally would, would look at investing in? You know, right now, and it's cyclical. It's interesting because I, you know, I, I, I started real estate telling people, don't buy finished houses. The, yep. there, there were so few of them. I'd tell them, look, yes, that's a beautiful million dollar home and it's cheap, but you can buy the lot next door for a hundred grand, build an unbelievable house, hate your builder, hate me, help your architect spend $500,000, you'll be done with a newer house right next door with a $300,000 equity position. Don't buy the finished house, even though I was going to make less money. And then I went through a, a long cycle where I told people, look, I know you think you want to build and you think you're a visionary and these homes are a little bit old and the finishes aren't right, but the market doesn't, isn't going to reward you for building right now. So please consider gutting the kitchen, consider buying this, we're back in a market now because there's such little inventory. I think that if you can find good properties in prime areas that are under their potential value because they're old, 
yep. because the kitchen, you know, we, we, it's, it's so common to see people walk into investment properties and go, I don't like the color or the kitchen tile sucks or the bath. And I'm going, guys, a new kitchen's 15 grand. You know, a new bathroom. A, a nice, a nice new kitchen is 15 kitchen. grand. A I'm really nice. Is. And yeah. I tell them, well, in the States, it costs 50. I'm like, I tell you what, budget 25, pay me to do it. I'll yep. put 10 grand in my pocket and I will put you a nice $15,000 kitchen in that you'll tell me is nicer than your $50,000 kitchen in the States. But I'm telling my clients right now, remodels, in, so the right location and the wrong house are great plays. I'm yep. telling people that land and build out, we're back in that place now where if you're willing to, and I tell my clients up front, building is a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass in the States. So yep. I'm, not, I'm not telling you it's a pain in the ass in Costa Rica. Building, designing and building anywhere is one of the most stressful things you can undertake. It's big capital, there's unknowns, they will come out. And if you buy a lot and build in Costa Rica, there are great builders, great architects, the building quality and the, the, the amount of professional contracting firms that can really take you start to finish has gone through the roof in terms of sophistication, uh, language ability, budgeting ability, and that's all good. Even that being said, you can hire a great builder and there are going to be moments where you're like, I'm going to kill that realtor. I'm going to kill my architect. I'm going to kill my builder. But we're in a market now where when you're done and you've got a big, fat, beautiful equity position and a brand new home, yep. it's amazing how quickly amnesia sets up. And there's not a lot of, there haven't been a lot of times, Richard, in my 20 something, 25, 26 years here where I've told people, build, build, build. Right now, in prime areas, and I'm very careful, don't yep. think that you can go to the up-and-coming area and build, and you're going to make money like you are in a prime area. But in the prime destination areas, if you can find land that has good, clean water and title and view, and you can create product, you're going to win. And I think the biggest reason is we don't have, with the exception of the mega developments, of which there's still very few in Costa Rica, you know, in Cocoa. Pacific. There are. There are very few. There there's are very, very few. few. So we just don't have mass product that's come to market with this huge upswing of buyers coming in. We haven't had an upswing of development and new product. In the States, you had new home builds. You had all this stuff coming to market here. What we're doing as realtors right now, and I guarantee you can call a hundred of them, we're calling old clients. Would you sell? Yep. You might be able to get this for your home. And we're, we're out farming listings. And so I think that, you know, what am I looking at doing right now? Buying land and building product because there aren't massive developments, especially in the central and South Pacific, everything's one-offs. Yep. And so e even if the market slows down, which I'm sure it will, it's okay because there's not 150 new homes coming to the market. And all we really need to see is 10 buyers every month and this market's going to keep at its pace because we just don't have new products. So I think that if you're yeah. open to building, if you're open to remodeling, you can find some really good opportunities because of that, that buyer that's coming in now that's willing to pay the high price for yesterday, but the low price for tomorrow. The one thing that's really important to note is most of them don't want the headache of a bill. Most of them don't want the headache Correct. of a remodel. They come in with a bigger pocketbook, just like your clients that are now spending 8,000 uh, on a travel package instead of two. The guy spending two, and the hot water wasn't perfect. The Wi-Fi was slow. They wrote you a note saying, yeah, it was kind of shitty, but we still had a great time because we saw the monkeys. The guy yep. writing the $8,000 check is calling your travel advisor going, 
the hot water's not on. I want somebody here now. And they don't yeah. want to deal with the idiosyncratic. And the same thing's true in real estate. So if you can fill that void and be the person that says, you know what, I know what they want and I see potential here. I think there's great opportunity in building and remodeling if you're willing to put that work in. I agree. I'm actually about to start two builds myself. So this should be interesting. So I've, I've built, uh, I built Via Winonda many years back and that was a bit of a nightmare, but I learned a lot from it, you know. Um, and this will be but, a nightmare too, yeah. but, it'll, but, but you're going to make money. And so you, again, in yeah. the process, you remember what I'm I, saying. I know. It's like a kid, dude. Like you have one kid and then you're like, I'm never doing this again. And then two years later, you're like, oh, you know what? Let's have another one. Well, and then you raise them and there's moments, like I said, you're like, go outside. Yeah. I'm yep. done with you. And I got teenagers yep. now and there's times where you're like, really, this is what I made. <laughs> and then they do something and they demonstrate that they're now a mature adult human yeah. being and you drop to the floor in tears and you go, what do you mean? I wanted to kill her last week, honey. I'm, just, I'm yeah. the most proud dad in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, I, I mean, I must say congratulations, dude. You've done great work. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, again, I think you'd mentioned you've had one daughter that's at Oxford and then, you know, the other one's turning 50. I mean, it's, congratulations i tell you what it, 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 it we get a lot of families thinking about bringing kids down here it's another you know yep. we're not talking about real estate but the reality is um raising kids in an alternative destination meant real sacrifice and a lot of people ask what about kids what about the education we didn't have big private schools didn't have fancy dancy stuff had to do augment education in-house our family spending time together but you know now when i see you know my 15 and 18 year old kids that go to some of these prestigious institutions surrounded by kids that were that were you know born and raised in the lap of luxury and yep. are treating maids and staff like servants and are classist and, and, and don't have a good global view. And you see good human beings who are going, I, I make my bed and I help the maid take the trash out. How could you yep. not do that? And it, I think it goes back to that brand and what's good about Costa Rica. And I think what resonates so much with these people is there's so much tension in the United States and in Europe, socially, class, business, politically. And so to come to a place where, and again, I'll talk about it, but to come to a place in a country where rich and poor tend to blend together easier, um, especially where I live in Mayo Antonio, the draw of it, I mean, you know, my guys that bring in with these you know, multi-million dollar boats, that a lot of them are looking at, a, should I be in a big resort community? And I I love Los Sueños. I sell a lot of real estate there. There's people that want to be in that resort community that gives you the resort amenities, the golf course, et cetera. But I'm amazed at the amount of high net worth families who want to be more off grid or more integrated into a real local economy, even though that means I got to go down that shitty bumpy road or I got to live in this yep. town that's got it. But it's, it's amazing to see. And I asked them, why do you pick this area? And they go, I picked it because it wasn't perfect. Yep. And I've, I've, I've lived 20, 30 years in a gated community with perfectly landscaped yards and a thousand rules to make everything perfectly landscaped. And the authenticity of what Costa Rica is offering people is really infectious. Um, and, you know, and to bring it back to my kids, raising kids, and you're a dad as well, raising kids in this environment where they're going to be exposed to both really global, amazing international development and wealth and and, and the diversity of, uh, of financial planning, et cetera, but also running out and picking mangoes off the tree and, you know, eating rice and beans in the local soda. That duality, yep. I think, makes them better humans. And I think more and more people are wanting to have a taste of that in their own lives with their own wives and kids and grandparents and, and grandkids. 
I agree. I agree. Well, my last question for you, Scott, as I'll not keep you too much longer. If you inherited $500,000 and had to invest into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you invest it in? There's no doubt. I'd be buying vacation rental properties in Costa Rica. Um, yep. They are, if you buy in the right, in the right area, and, and I think there are multiple right areas. And I don't think that means anywhere, but I think if you buy in these existing high, def, high destination, pure supply and demand markets, um, they provide three really key elements. One, it's a great place for you and your friends and family to enjoy. So Correct. investing a half a million dollars in quality of life, legacy, family, lifestyle, business associates, friends is a great investment. But those investments also provide really great, sustainable, if not profitable ROI. So people looking to put money in stock portfolios or retirement funds, if you can invest in a place that you can use, enjoy, create memories and improve your quality of life and make a return on that investment, whether it's one, two, three, five, in some great cases in Costa Rica, there's opportunities of doing six to 10%. But yep. whether it's low return or high return, it's still providing you that family, that lifestyle, that, that quality of life investment. It's going to provide you sustainable, if not really profitable returns, depending on where you are. And they're going to appreciate slowly, steadily. But I don't think that there's many opportunities for investment in the world that check those three categories. Yeah, yeah you I agree. Get rich in the stock market, but you ain't. You ain't walking with your grandkids down Wall Street, you know, whistling yeah. together, talking about your stock portfolio. <laughs> and so to find something that can give those three things to you, add years to your life, quality of life, that can create some sustainable in the worst case scenario um, and lucrative in the best case scenario, rental returns and appreciate an up and coming market. I'm surprised we don't have more people flocking to our doors here, but I'm going to keep banging the drums. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, Scott. Again, really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're one of the busiest guys out there. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I'm sure that we'll get you on later on in the podcast. 201, man. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that podcast there with Scott. Um, as I'm sure that you're aware, he's a, uh, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to investing in Costa Rica, both at a kind of a macro view, plus also you know, his micro view that he has there along the central and southern Pacific, you know, to Costa Rica real estate has offices all over Costa Rica. And it's just a very unique viewpoint, both him and his brother Todd have uh, the owners of two Costa Rica real estate. So uh, I think that, you know, um, there is always bias, as we mentioned in anyone's responses. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it, Costa Rica is a steady investment. It's kind of a wealth diversification play outside of the U.S., you know, when things go down here, they typically don't go down. They kind of stay a bit steady eddy just because usually people buying here are you buying with cash uh, and have that disposable income. Um, I wouldn't say to spare, but to invest here as well. So, you know, one thing I always say to people is that, you you know, you may be making, if you have a vacation rental, you know, from three to six to 7%, but then also factor in that you don't have to pay for a vacation anymore, you know, and you then you start to look closer towards the seven, eight, nines and 10% there. The reason you have to pay for a vacation um, is you actually have a place to, um, you know, to go and use and you don't need to pay for it. And you can also, you know, 
uh, offset all of your flights and expenses uh, against your taxes as well. So anyway, um, if anybody would like to get in contact with us, they can info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. We actually have quite a few, I would say, I suppose, projects going on at the moment where investors who actually listen to the podcast have kind of pulled money and we've actually built some homes here. So we're starting to do that a little bit at the moment. So if anyone's interested in knowing a little bit more about that, feel free to reach out to us, info at investingcostarica.com. Until the next podcast, guys, it's been a pleasure and I appreciate you listening. Bye. The number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica 